Chapter 5 of A Paraphrase Upon the Epistle of Paul to the Galatians by Thomas Boston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2 Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Verse 3 for I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. From the whole of that I have said, I exhort you to stand fast in the liberty purchased to us by Christ, as stout soldiers keeping their ground where the captain has set them, and let no man wreath that servile yoke of the legal covenant about your necks again. And to press you to this, Verse 2. Behold, in opposition to all that the seducers among you say for it, I, Paul, an apostle of Christ, say that if the Gentiles shall be circumcised, looking on that right as necessary to your justification, ye shall have no benefit by Christ. Verse 3. For I, as Christ's messenger, do further testify to every man who is circumcised, laying any stress on it for his justification, that by his very receiving of circumcision under that notion, he is obliged perfectly to obey the whole law under pain of the curse, which is inevitable to him, in regard no man is able so to obey it. He is, I say, thereby obliged to give such obedience, in regard whatever evangelical use circumcision had to believers, yet it is to him the sacrament of the legal covenant, binding him to the observance of the same covenant, according to the tenor of it, which promises life to perfect obedience, and otherwise denounceth the curse. Verse 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace." Verse 5. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Verse 4. Whoever of you seek to be justified by the law can have no benefit by Christ, for by your seeking justification by the law ye renounce and fall from the free favour of God as the fountain of justification, and so ye renounce Christ also, and therefore must stand and fall according to your own works. Verse 5. Ye that do so are certainly fallen from grace, for we that stand cleaving to it look for no good by our works or by the law, but through the Spirit of God working in us we look for and expect heaven, which is given only to the perfectly righteous. We expect it, I say, by faith only. Verse 6. And this we do because we know that in the kingdom of Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth aught to justification and a right to glory whatever circumcision may avail for in the law's dominions, or whatever stress that way foolish Gentiles may lay upon their uncircumcision, nothing avails here for these ends but faith, not that which is dead and idle, but that faith which is operative, so that ye need not fear want of work by casting off of the legal covenant. If ye have faith of the right stamp, even that which is justifying, it will put you to work good works." and that not from a mercenary principle, fear of punishment and hope of reward, as those that live under the influence of the legal covenant, but out of a principle of love, becoming sons. Verse 7. Ye did run well, who did hinder you, that ye should not obey the truth? Verse 8. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Verse 9. A little leaven 
leaveneth the whole lump. Verse 7. Time was when you did forwardly embrace and cleave to my doctrine, so that you were making pleasant progress in religion. Who has now stopped you in your course? Whoever it was, it is unaccountable ye should be stopped in giving obedience to the truth. Verse 8. However fully ye seem to yourselves to be persuaded of your opinion, that persuasion is from another hand than his who by my gospel called you out of paganism to Christ. It is not from God. Verse 9. To tell you the mystery of it, as a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, even so a few seducers that have crept in among you have corrupted, by their false doctrine, the whole churches of Galatia, which are as one lump. Verse 10. I have confidence in you through the Lord, that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. Verse 10. I have confidence concerning you, when I consider the constancy of God's grace, that some time you will think no other thing than I have just now told you of the rise of this persuasion, and that you will be of the same mind with me in that matter, and so will return to the truth ye have deserted. But be who he will that troubles you, and loads you with that yoke of bondage, God shall lay a burden on him of another sort, even a burden of punishment, here or hereafter. Verse 11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offence of the cross ceased. Verse 11. But as for me, brethren, it is strange that any should have the impudence to say that I preach the necessity of circumcision, because forsooth I circumcised Timothy. For if I preach that doctrine, how come I to be persecuted of the Jews as an enemy to Moses's law? Yea, surely, if I preach that doctrine, then the offence that the Jews take at the doctrine of the gospel, holding forth Christ's sufferings, embraced by faith as the only way of salvation, is ceased, which I find daily the contrary of, by their restless malice against me. Verse 12. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Verse 13. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. Verse 12. I would that they which so trouble you with the doctrine of cutting off the foreskin were themselves cut off from the society of the church with the circumcising knife of excommunication, though indeed to do it actually at this time, while ye are in such a ferment, would not tend to edification. Verse 13. I wish not this without good reason, for, brethren, God has called you to liberty, but they have called you back again to bondage. God has indeed called you to liberty, only I would caution you against the abuse of Christian liberty. Do not so make use of your liberty as to make it a pander to your corruption, taking occasion of licentiousness from it. But, on the contrary, though now ye are all in confusion among yourselves, learn to advance one another's welfare as if each of you were servant to his neighbour, by mutual love. Verse 14. For this is the most compendious way of fulfilling the law, the law being fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbour with the same sincerity thou lovest thyself. This argument may well take with you that are so zealous for fulfilling the law. Verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Verse 15. But on the other hand, if ye, like so many wild beasts, go on to bite one another by reproaches, and to devour one another by violence, take heed it end not 
in a total devastation of your society by your own hands. Verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Verse 16. But for remedy of these evils I say, Walk ye, and frame your conversation according to the dictates of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and so, although your corrupt part will have its lust, its sinful motions, yet ye shall be thereby kept from consenting thereto, which perfects and fulfils that sinful motion. Verse 17, For the corrupt nature lusteth against the Spirit, desiring those things which are grievous to the Spirit, and the Spirit against corrupt nature in so far as he stirs up in the saints desires of those things that are grievous to the corrupt nature and those in the gracious soul lie against one another as soldiers in a trench against a fort on design that ye may not do whatever things ye would whether as gracious or as corrupt so that if you take part with the spirit ye will get the upper hand though the flesh will still lust in you and so make a blot in the fairest line ye write verse eighteen but if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 18. But for your comfort in this case, I tell you, that if ye be led by the Spirit of God, walking after and setting yourself to follow His dictates, ye are not under the law, as a covenant of works, for the Spirit is given to none under that covenant, as I told you before, chapter 3, verse 2. And if so, then ye are not under nor liable to the curse for your slips. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, verse 21, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 19, now ye may know whether ye be led by the Spirit or by the flesh by your actions and course of life. For as to the flesh, though that corrupt principle lies very inwardly and is hid, yet the works of it are manifest, any body may discern them. These works are adultery, fornication, all other sorts of filthy lusts of that kind, wantonness, verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, feuds, quarrelings proceeding therefrom, emulations whereby men desire to outstrip others in what is commendable, just because they have no will to be overclouded by them, wrath or inordinate anger, contentiousness, sedition or dissension, in which men separate from one another, errors opposite to some substantial truth in religion, pertinaciously maintained, verse 21, envyings at the good of others, murders, drunkenness, revelings, or excess of belly cheer, joined with lascivious behaviour, and such like vices, of which I now warn you aforehand, as I have before told you by word of mouth, when I was present with you, that those who impenitently persist in these things shall never inherit the kingdom of heaven. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Verse 23, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Verse 22 and 23, but the savoury product of the spirit in men is love to God and our neighbour, spiritual joy, peaceableness, whereby we are disposed to do no wrong to any man, long-suffering, whereby we patiently bear if they wrong us, 
gentleness whereby we are affable and pleasant to them and easy to be entreated goodness whereby we are ready to communicate any good we have to any man fidelity meekness and temperance which bridles fleshly appetite and desires no law strikes against such things but they are commanded by the law in order to your trial ye have heard what are the works of the spirit and what are those of the flesh verse twenty four and they that are christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts verse twenty four but so it is that all they that are christ's by his spirit dwelling in them have served their corrupt nature together with its uneasy passions and pleasant desires as they served christ that is they have crucified them they have nailed them to christ's cross and given them death's wounds so as though they be not utterly extinct as yet they nevertheless are a dying verse twenty five if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit verse twenty five if then we pretend to have the spirit in us as a principle of spiritual life let us evidence it by our taking part with the spirit against our corruptions and framing our life according to his dictates verse twenty six let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another envying one another verse twenty six i fear ambition has been very hurtful to you so i would exhort you in order to your returning to a sound mind that ye would not be ambitious or desirous of applause among men which is but vain and empty glory provoking one another by mutual disdain as if others were nothing in comparison of you and envying one another desiring none to be esteemed but yourselves End of chapter five